Welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. My name is Sabina and I'm tonight's co-host, a third year from Paramus, New Jersey, studying media, culture, and communication, and I'm an RCA at Palladium. And I'm Tom Ellett, the other co-host and serve as the Senior Associate Vice President of Student Affairs. Sabina, it is great to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. But this is not your first podcast. No, I am a bit involved with WNYU. I co-host a podcast called Sick Transit Gloria, and we talk about New York City, New York City history. Both of us are really interested in music, so we try to weave that in there a little bit. Have you brought on any guests? We have had a few guests. Um, We had someone just like a friend of a friend come on and talk about their experience at Music Row back in the day, just buying guitars. And yeah, we like to have just informal chats about people's experiences in the city. That's great. Now you said you're an MCC major. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking about career-wise long-term for yourself? That's a good question. I spent the last summer at Warner Brothers um, and it was really interesting to work at a film studio. I don't think I ever thought I would be there. Truly an unparalleled experience. I got to do a lot of things I never thought I would do. I actually was an extra in the Teen Titans Go to the Movies movie. Oh my God. And I had to dress up in full costume and yeah, a lot of a lot of banter. But I think in the future, I'd like to move into technology. I was in a more technical role at Warner Brothers and I've been exploring where creativity and technology meet that intersection. And I think it's also really important to me to make impactful work and work that I see myself in. And that's also one of the reasons I became an RCA is I think I'd like to see that more. Excellent. And this is your first year in the RCA role? Yes. Excellent. And having a good time at the Palladium? Love it. Do you like the Union Square environment? I think it's definitely an acquired taste. I think it's definitely also a change from where I was previously. I was at Second Street last year, which is very quiet, small, but I love the change. I think it's a we have a very vibrant staff. I'm sure you've heard a lot about Lady, um, our newest uh, BLT member, and I work very closely with Lori, who's a, a shining star. She is. And access. I mean, we have access to everything you'd ever want. And we have to give a shout out to Lady because she is helping to cultivate some of my podcast mm. hosts, co-hosts. So I appreciate that, Lady. Yes, keep going. We have a guest tonight. We do. Who? Tonight, our guest is Jeffrey Kwan, who served as an RA at Third North for Julia Esser and Alex Merchant during the 2014 and 2015 academic years. So welcome, Jeffrey, and thank you for joining us on tonight's show. It's a real pleasure to have you on. Hey, how's it going? How are you? Good, good. And where are you calling us from? So I'm currently in San Francisco. Cool. Um, Would you like to tell us a little bit about what you've done since you've graduated from NYU? Sure. So uh, after I graduated at NYU uh, with a nutrition and dietetics degree, I realized that the career path wasn't quite exactly what I wanted it to do. So I've been working at, I started off at a hotel working in kind of food and beverage and then slowly transitioned into, actually very quickly transitioned into a human resources coordinator. Uh, And that kind of like, I kind of fell into it, kind of kicked off my kind of career into human resources. Uh, I've been at like a few companies now, as a coordinator, and then uh, currently I'm a university recruiter for Facebook. That's awesome. Wow, Facebook. So do you pinch yourself every time you're there, Jeffrey, like waking up saying, I'm at Facebook? <laughs> yep. I mean, I think when, uh, you know, the first time when I got the offer, I it was, it was like raining. For some reason, it was raining really, really heavily that day, but I was jumping up and down, uh, and uh, it was like in the middle of lunch, so I couldn't even focus on having lunch. 
when I told my parents, they were like completely shocked too. So it was like a huge surprise to like everyone. I wasn't even anticipating getting it, let alone like even getting interviewed. Um, so getting an opportunity like that is just kind of out of this world. So we'll hear more about that, but why don't we go back to Washington Square. Tell us a little bit about what you were involved in extracurricularly while you were here. Yeah, so uh, out on campus, I was uh, just a part of a lot of the Asian clubs. There's like a bunch of like CMS, CSS, et cetera, but that kind of the biggest part of what I was involved in would be kind of dance teams. I was actually a part of a lot of dance teams. They weren't under clubs at NYU, but uh, one of the teams that I was mainly on called Synchronic Dance Team, actually, it's still around, uh, but mainly it revolves around like NYU students. Like we, a majority of the base of students are NYU. And then I kind of was a part of teams outside in New York as well. So going back to the RA position, did you always want to be an RA? Yeah, it, it was it was weird. When I applied, I just had this like feeling that I really, really wanted it. I didn't know why at the time, but you know, I interviewed for it and then and went through the whole scenario training and all that stuff and uh, and then ended up getting it. <laughs> what was it like to be a member of the Third North staff? Um, well, I can in in a short phrase, uh, a little crazy sometimes. <laughs> I think when you have such a big dorm with like a thousand freshmen on, on all the towers, you have a staff of like 30 RAs, like it, it can get kind of hectic, right? But it honestly felt like, you know, it was just, just us as like a huge group of friends kind of getting to know each other like every Wednesday night. I think it was such a valuable experience just getting to know everyone. You you, you kind of feel this like special tight-knit little thing where you're just going through these like crazy night shifts and like going through the towers. But, you know, it, I think that the in general, just like the ARIA program itself, because we had so many people, we had so many diverse perspectives. So we really get an opportunity to not only develop, you know, our students, that like our residents that we like talk to, but let the ARIA program kind of develop us as well and kind of get to know each other. So you spoke a little bit about the kinds of relationships you had with your staff, your paraprofessionals. What were your relationships like with your residents? So I was a person who was always kind of more welcoming and accessible. You know, I told my residents that they could always come to me should they ever need anything. But I personally didn't think that I needed to be around them all the time. You know, I think pretty sure as a freshman, uh, you'd want to go on to programs that NYU posts or, you know, you're, you want to work, you want to be with your fellow freshman peers instead of hanging out, you know, 24-7 with your RA, right? <laughs> sure. Tell us a little bit about the skills you feel you gained while you were in the position. I think that, like, you you really do get a knack for kind of programming and really working with your with the residents, you know. I think you develop this love for youth mentorship, right, especially being at one of the freshman dorms. All the students that come to you are so green and so kind of, like, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and, you know, they're just looking for someone to kind of help push them in a certain direction. So I think, you know, you really get a sense to, like, love the people that you work with, like, love you know, the interactions, the conversations and the stories that everyone comes into, you know, all the one-on-one interactions with like your base meetings and everything, you kind of talk to them and understand like, you know, what they're working on, how you can help them. Uh, and you just kind of like grow this kind of like warm, nurturing skill and like body for it. So that's the part that I loved. That's awesome, that's awesome. How did these skills do you think apply in your role at, at Facebook? So I think, 
the biggest misconception for a lot of candidates is that like they think that recruiters are kind of the bad guys uh but sometimes whenever i talk to my candidates i always tell them that i'm kind of like their advocate their cheerleader uh and i think that that kind of parallels a lot to what an ra is right like as a recruiter you're really kind of helping these students like find a job right you're really you know you're really building this youth mentorship kind of thing where you're just helping these students like figuring out like oh you know is this a good fit like how can we like talk to you is there a position here that we think you could be a good fit for and just kind of gathering interest it's uh it's really great i mean we also do a bunch of programming as well out on the campuses uh you know we i host a bunch of events like including career fairs and also working with like student groups doing a bunch of random events and uh you know we do that sort of stuff as an ra as well so really get an opportunity to kind of do it on the other side uh, from a company's perspective instead of being from the school perspective so it's kind of cool seeing both perspectives but it's a awesome parallel so how do you manage the idea of candidates who are so bright-eyed to go into facebook and yet manage their expectations because i would imagine the number of candidates per position you have open is the ratio is pretty high. <laughs> and so you're going to have a lot of people who are potentially disappointed yeah. in that process. Yeah. And yet you've developed them as a mentor mm-hmm. and kind of you build a relationship and then that, that relationship may not continue because they're not hired. Mm-hmm. Well, I think for me, it's kind of the mentality. It's like the glass half full. Ultimately, whether they do well or not, that's kind of up to them. Like I'm there to provide as many resources as I can and help them through the process and make it as seamless as possible. Uh, But, you know, I'm always the one who's like, if it doesn't work out, like we can always like chat about it next year or, you know, like I'm always there to kind of offer them like whatever help. Like, you know, I always focus on the fact that if they like say they don't get it how can i at least like make sure that it was a great experience you know make sure that the skills that they're taking from just getting an opportunity to interview how can they kind of translate that and you know find a job maybe later down the line maybe next year you know there's always like if someone um, interviews for an intern they can always come back next year and either try again for another internship or if they're graduating like see if we can try and get them in for a full-time position you know so it's just continuing those conversations i don't like it to be like a dead-end conversation like i always tell them that they can always reach out to me if they have any questions or if they need anything just kind of like again being a resource kind of like what an ra is right Mm -hmm. absolutely so i know media tech industry is always changing what are some of the changing issues facing the tech industry so i think when it comes to the industry you know you have so many students like so many people who like want jobs and so many people who so many students who are like qualified just as qualified and I think it's really finding that cream of the crop, right? Like you really want to be able to get engaged with those students, really also just get involved with, you know, really building your like class. Uh, and I think that we have a unique position where, you know, we are ultimately the ones who are finding these candidates and putting them through, right? And so my biggest challenge, something that I'm really passionate about is kind of diversity and inclusion and being able to build that uh, is, is you know, is an ongoing battle. And that's something that we're always constantly working on. So getting an opportunity to be at the forefront of that, uh, I think, is kind of the greatest challenge that as a university recruiter and within like tech, uh, you can really, really be a part of. Jeffrey, there's a lot of uh, comments about this generation of students who are becoming employees. There was a video that went viral about a candidate asking for feedback, why they didn't get the position. Where do you sit in terms of a candidate's ask for feedback and how much one as an employer can possibly give to candidates 
or what they should expect from a uh, potential employer in terms of the process? So I personally am just like the kind of communicator. Like I don't personally do any interviews or anything. So ultimately kind of the, the interview process, I'm just kind of the backbone, making sure that everyone kind of gets through the process as seamless as possible and making sure the communication lines are open. But I think when it comes to like feedback and everything, you know, I, I would always encourage people to ask uh, for feedback. I, you know, it depending on the company, they might give you like a little bit of something. Personally, at Facebook, we don't share feedback, at least like from from uh, my knowledge, it's, it's very hard for us to share feedback just because there are so many factors that go into, you know, it's not just the interview, there are many, many different factors that go into kind of the interview decisions and all that stuff. And so sometimes it's hard for us to be able to give you some concrete things to take on. But I always go back to the interview process, I always go back to you know ultimately especially for the roles that we hire for it's very technical right like with uh, I'm a software engineering university recruiter so all the interviews that we do are coding so ultimately like if your coding is up to bar then like that's that's a great indicator that you know uh, maybe you need to study more or maybe you're doing like maybe you're just not quite there yet or you know all that stuff um, but it, it ultimately like I would always encourage students to ask the question even if uh, even if you don't get an answer, at least like you tried. Mm -hmm. Great. So, what do you find most difficult about your maybe day to day, you know, responsibilities at Facebook? Yeah, uh, I think you know, as Tom was mentioning, like Facebook is, you know, we get so many applicants every single day. Like I, I can't tell you how many students I've emailed back and forth over the past year and a half now. I'd say. You, the volume, the sheer volume that we handle is is absolutely crazy. And I only do about like three to four schools and getting all those students kind of like engaged, like reading that, that's, I'd say like kind of my biggest challenge, but you know, and especially in the fall as well, like we're doing so many events all at once and it's just absolutely crazy. Like you literally don't see me from like September to October, I'm like dead to the world. And then I come back alive somehow in Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, you know, ebbs and flows. So you do events. What are the most popular events for college students to want to go that a recruiter wants to put on that will excite candidates? Yeah, I mean, I'd say like the biggest student population is obviously usually going to be the career fairs. And, you know, I personally, just because, again, like we just deal with so much volume within our events, I actually personally like more intimate events. So I would say like I work directly with a lot of student groups. So really it's working with student groups that have a huge impact in kind of the industry. They're really gearing up their kind of students and their members in their group uh, to kind of take on the industry. Really that kind of professional guidance is what we look for when we're working with student groups on campus. And so when we host these events, we hope that what we can do is bridge that gap, right? Bridge that gap from what they're learning with their group and kind of what we can provide as an industry to be able to kind of get them there, right? Get students engaged, get students knowledgeable and like you know learn all the things that they need to like maybe they're they're like a mechanical engineer and they weren't sure if they we actually had any positions at facebook and we actually do and uh, i think it's just educating the students about the process and what we have to offer is kind of the biggest part of what we do on, on campus so i would say like popular wise like definitely the career fair but in terms of kind of engagement and how fulfilling it is, is usually kind of the small, more small intimate events where you really get a chance to get that one-on-one -on -one time, like either asking a question or having a conversation with an engineer or even me. Mm -hmm. So can you pinpoint maybe a moment from one of the career fairs that you found memorable, maybe an interaction with a student? 
the student that I met, it wasn't necessarily at a career fair. Uh, we met through a specific event at USC and I was working with one of the groups on campus and I met her through a, uh, you know, I met her and she was interested in working with Facebook and, you know, we saw that her profile looked great and we ended up like getting her interviewed and, you know, she, she unfortunately the last year didn't, you know, didn't pass and unfortunately couldn't move forward with an offer for her. But, you know, I kept that conversation going, you know, we interacted for a bunch of events as well. She was in charge of uh, hosting a hackathon as well. And so I was working with her throughout the whole year and she still, you know, she was still kind of a sophomore junior. And so she was still had some time. So continued that conversation throughout the whole year and uh, got an opportunity to, you know, re-interview her this year. Uh, you know, I gave her the necessary resources, made sure she was prepared. I was like, here, this is what the layout is. I want you to make sure you're fully prepared so that when you're going to interviews, you're going to kill it. And guess what? Lo and behold, she killed it this year. She, uh, you know, she got an offer and she's actually come joining us next year. So I'm super excited to, you know, being able to work with that, kind of turn around that, you know, not so great news to amazing news this year is, uh, is really, really great. That's great to hear, a great development story mm -hmm. in that particular case. You, you hire a number of engineer types to work for the company. What kind of things do you think that the stereotypical engineer student, you know, there is a, there is a perception, uh, and, and I don't want to fall into it, but as it relates mm -hmm. to the social aspects and personal qualities that they bring to a team, are there things that you would encourage, say, students in our engineering department or our data analytics department should think about for extracurricular activities or engagements that they may want to do to make themselves better candidates? Yeah, I definitely encourage all of those, right? Like really getting involved either in leadership for certain like groups or really taking the time to develop their career, like in terms of their extracurriculars uh, or kind of personal projects. I think those really gear a student, like, as much as you know, they're kind of included in the more like interest side. I think that when a student kind of puts on their own project and really go through the iteration process of building an app or you know building some kind of software, uh, they really get an opportunity to figure out what it's like in the real world, right? Really get some real world experience, just because there's only so much a textbook can teach you and uh, and a classroom can teach you, and you know sometimes there is that gap between like an interview versus like what you learn on campus. And so I really, really encourage students to take the time to just go out there, like whether that's with your student groups, again, like getting that, um, taking that extra step, building that extra thing or building that extra app. Like if there's an idea that you've always wanted to create, go do it, make it happen. If you have some spare time, like instead of, in, instead of like, you know, gaming for two hours, maybe make a game for two hours, right? Like that'll be kind of cool. You know, we really do think that uh, that really does make a difference in kind of like standing out from across your peers. I think that it's really important to be able to do that just because we, again, go through so many people every day. And if I'm interviewing 30 people who went to the same class, I want to be able to see who the top few people are who really take that extra step to into their career and who want to who want to keep going. Makes great sense. So Jeffrey, you talked a little about feeling that kind of camaraderie with your other uh, paraprofessionals earlier on so who do you stay in contact with so i as much as i would like to say you know we it, it's 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 i would love to lie to you and say i'm staying connected to every single person uh <laughs> um out from our from third north but you know we're all so scattered these days uh i sadly don't stay 
as much in touch uh, with the other RAs as I would like to. But, you know, I we have Facebook uh, and uh, I do keep in contact with Chaney, Chaney Brown. She I think she lives in Chicago right now or Illinois, uh, the state of Illinois. And uh, so getting an opportunity sometimes to just like catch up with her. Uh, we've been talking about meeting up for the past like two years. Still hasn't happened yet. So stay tuned for when that happens. <laughs> It's hard when you're on the West Coast yeah. to keep those relationships, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. A time for speed round, Jeffrey. So we're going to ask you questions and a quick response. Great. Favorite tradition at NYU? NYU festivals. I think all the extra stuff that I end up accumulating from those festivals uh, is insane. Did you go abroad? Not for a whole semester, but for a week and a half in Sydney for actually a Cultures and Context class. A week and a half. Well, I have to hear more mm-hmm. about that later. Best dining hall <laughs> at NYU? Ooh, it'll have to be a tie between just Chick-fil-A and then Palladium. Favorite NYU teacher? Crescendo Ray. I, I love uh, Crescendo. He was an amazing teacher. Any celebrity sightings while an NYU student? Well, I graduated with Dylan and Cole Sprouse, so I guess that kind of counts, yes, right? Yes, it does. <laughs> Best New York City place to hang? Ah, uh, ah, uh, Bopes. No, no, I'm totally <laughs> kidding. Uh, sort of. Uh, St. Mark's by far. Mm-hmm. I think that it has amazing food, amazing places to just like hang out, like into the wee hours of the night. Finally, what was your most memorable RA experience? I think it's the sensitivity and bias trainings we did over the year. I, I, I really think that, uh, you know, I, it doesn't, it didn't look like it at the time, but I think those really opened up kind of my eyes to the world you know I, I take those teachings with me everywhere I go I I even actually had to ask one of my um, RA peers uh, into what was one of the exercises we did because it was such an like it impacted me in the way that I looked at kind of society and what we do uh, in the world uh, and I actually brought it to my team out here on Facebook and it was eye-opening for them too so uh, seeing that and using that now is really cool to see how it's really you know, made a mark on what I do. Outstanding. So Jeffrey, thank you so much for spending time with me and Tom and discussing your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you. As always, thank you to our listeners who stay connected with RA alums who are living the dream school alumni version of life. Thank you, Jeffrey. Good to hear where you're headed and uh, being on the West Coast. Hopefully you're enjoying your time out there. Thank you, Tom. And uh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Special thanks to my engineer, Duncan Lemieux, and to the current professional staff and the alums of NYU, such as Julia Esser and Alex Merchant, who's not an alum, he's still here, who assisted these great RAs in skill acquisition along the way. If you like tonight's show, look for more content on the website. And if you want to know RA's favorite books, go to whatthey'reading.blogspot.com. Until next time, think about how you can contribute to make other people feel valued worthwhile in what they're doing and confident. Take care.